You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Postgame Review Podcast. I am GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald, and we are sponsored by Caddy Shack Golf. In this edition of the Postgame Review Podcast, we will be discussing Kansas State's 22-17 defeat at Texas on Friday to conclude the regular season. The Cats end the regular season at 7-5, 4-5 in the Big 12. A very disappointing loss in terms of where it fit into the season because the four losses prior to that were against four teams that might just be better than Kansas State. It is the four teams that finished above Kansas State in the standings in the conference, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Oklahoma, and Iowa State. All with winning records in the conference and everyone else in the conference had a four and five record or worse. So everything was somewhat to the book as you went through the season. Kansas State wasn't good enough in the four losses, but they were better than Texas and still lost. This is a hard-to-explain defeat for Kansas State, and Brian Hanley, former Kansas State offensive lineman, and I will get into all that in this edition of the Post Game Review Podcast. There's so many topics to bite off and chew on, but not just specifically about the game, but also about the ramifications of the game and where the Big 12 is headed this season and into the future now that Oklahoma State has beaten Oklahoma and set up a conference title game that could not be predicted by anyone in the national media at season start because the Big 12 was only about Oklahoma, but now the title game will be O-State and Baylor to decide who gets into the New Year's Six and maybe just maybe the college football playoff if the Oklahoma State Cowboys get a little help and one more win. We have so much to talk about and we're going to try to split this up as best we can with game discussion that I embedding will bleed over into the bigger picture. And then we will get into in the second half, Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, what a great game it was where the big 12 sits right now and where K state fits in all this and some of the bigger issues facing the Wildcats. Cause Brian is going to have a lot of thoughts on that. And remember Brian Hanley played on the K state offensive line in 1997 and 1998. He was there when Michael Bishop, Arrived. He was in the same junior college recruiting class with Michael Bishop at Kansas State. So he was present for the birth of the Wildcat formation. So when we discuss the Wildcat and what Kansas State used, that form of the said Wildcat at Austin, probably few people understand it better than Brian Hanley, who was there when Bill Snyder created the offense and put it into place. And now we've seen it all across college football, including on Friday in Austin, Texas, where the Texas Longhorns used it to great effect against Kansas State. The irony is quite bitter. But before we bring Brian in, let's remind you that we're sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. Caddyshack Golf where? Caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com for all of your officially licensed golfing Willie apparel 
accessories, and more. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. And also, please, if you're subscribing to GoPowerCat.com, make sure you contact at least one K-Stater you know who loves the Wildcats and tells them that, hey, GoPowerCat is having a Black Friday Cyber Monday combo sale for a span here. We are offering... 75% off an annual subscription to GoPowerCat.com. It's a great deal. I know you're upset about the loss, but good times are ahead. And you know what? If you're a subscriber to GoPowerCat.com, you know one thing about us. If you listen to this podcast or you watch the daily deliveries on YouTube, you know one thing about us and what I demand from my guys. Tell what is in your heart. Say the words that you want to say and always be a truth teller and not necessarily rah-rah, and not kissing anyone's you-know-what just to get future information out of them. We will always tell you what we think about Kansas State Athletics, the state of football, basketball, and any other sport that needs to be discussed in this forum. That's what we do at GoPowerCat.com. 75% off right now. It ends on Monday night. Don't mess around. It is your great opportunity. And if you're not ready to subscribe, do me one favor. If you enjoy our content and you're not ready to subscribe, maybe you can't afford it right now, I get it. Life is challenging and these are challenging times. Just do me a favor. Head over to our YouTube channel. It's GoPowerCat. Simple enough. Head on over to YouTube and subscribe there. It's free for you. And it helps our algorithm quite a bit. And that channel's growing. It's reaching a lot of college football and Kansas State fans. And you can help us by subscribing to this podcast and that YouTube channel, even if you're not ready to lay out the financial commitment to join GoPowerCat. But at 75% off at 25 bucks for a year, I hope you can afford it. Treat yourself this Christmas season and get yourself a subscription to GoPowerCat.com. And now we bring in our football analyst, Brian Hanley, to talk about this Kansas State loss at Texas, uh, 22-17, on Friday. And uh, it's something a lot of people probably don't want to hear about. So in the second half of this podcast, we're going to shift over to more Big 12, big picture kind of stuff with Kansas State and the conference and everything going on as uh, we try to assess the landscape of kind of the context of what this season meant for Kansas State. But let's start with this loss at Texas. Brian, I'm just going to ask you your thoughts because this is one of the more disappointing, maddening losses I have covered uh, in a few years for Kansas State football, probably going back to the Vanderbilt debacle. And uh, this this was a bad one. This was a game that was immensely winnable, and I didn't feel like the coaches put their players in a position to win. But I'll just throw it open to your general thoughts about this game. Well, number one, we weren't prepared. They, I mean, it didn't look like we were prepared to play the football game. Uh, we didn't come out and give maximum effort. Um, we didn't come out. We weren't. We had a horrible, horrible plan. I mean, my goodness. I, I just, it, it was a game, and Texas was begging us to win it. I mean, they they really were. They didn't they didn't do a whole lot. Now they ran the football on us, which again comes back to us having a horrible plan because you knew the only thing that Texas could really do on offense is run the football, and yet we let them run the football. It was just absolutely. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was unbelievable from the effort that they put in the previous week in a loss, mind you, but the effort that was put in and the plan. It was an outstanding plan, but it was almost like 
well, we didn't win last week, so, oh, well, who cares? And that's what the team played like. It, it, it was absolutely ridiculous. I don't know any other way to say it. I'm not trying to be the negative guy, but as you guys know, and you know, Fitz, I'm going to be the honest guy. It was just a pathetic performance. And, and to be honest with you, I don't put it on the kids. I really, really don't. I don't put it on them. This was coaching at its worst. It just was. Yeah, it was a, a bad, bad moment for Chris Kleiman, and it's hard to read much into body language and and demeanor after a bad loss, but he really felt it, – it felt like being around Coach Cly after that game is he knew how miserable his guys, not his players, his coaches, his guys, the, the guys he had handpicked to guide this program, how lousy they had performed in general. And yep. you said something very interesting there. Uh, it's it's easy, and I have criticized Courtney Messingham and what I thought was just a, a dreadful game plan, uh, not only from the start of the game, but the fact that he stuck with what would not work. He just yep. kept banging his head against the wall trying to create a hole where there couldn't be a hole because the wall was not going to give. That was maddening. But – in the process, I kind of let the defense off the hook. They did only give up 22 points, which is a beatable score. But if you look at the time of possession, 34 to 26 in Texas's favor, it's easy to say, well, the the offense didn't perpetuate drives, didn't possess the ball, didn't do enough and put the defense into bad situations. And then you look at 8 to 16 on third downs, that they mm-hmm. got them to 16 third downs and gave up first downs half the time. That's solely on the defense, and that was a big reason. Uh, the big reason was exactly what you said. They knew they needed to run the ball, and they, they didn't stop Texas's run, and they didn't look like they committed the resources to stop Texas's run. Uh, nope. And while they're over there trying to run a futile version of the Wildcat on offense, Texas is running a much more effective version of the Wildcat against the program that invented the wildcat it was just a maddening day all around yeah it was bad it just bad and like you said and there's plenty of blame to go around i don't want to just say it was the offense although the offense does share a tremendous amount of blame and we can get into that but it was uh, it was just bad defense like i said texas can't throw the football they just can't that's not what they do that's not what they do well we could have lined up and put eight guys in the box and see what would have happened. And Texas wouldn't have been able to move the football. And yet we literally didn't do it. And we didn't change. That's my whole thing. Hey, we come out with a plan. They hit us in the mouth. It doesn't work. Let's change. We never changed. We just kept letting them run it. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Put more people in the box. Put more people up there. Do something. We did nothing, and they just kept running. And, again, we've talked about it before. It's not like Texas doesn't have talented people because they do. I mean, you know, but they had quit. They didn't care about this game. But once they got into the game and thought, oh, you know what? We had a chance to win. They're not even trying to stop us. That's exactly what they did. We literally – gave them the game it was just i couldn't have been more disappointed i really couldn't have i know the coaches and all the fans are disappointed i've seen posts where people are just i mean literally they're looking for the the closest i'm just like look it it was horrible it was bad we gotta wash this taste out of our mouth quickly Fitz. i'm telling you because this bowl game i think is really really important but this game was just bad it was bad let's wind back to the fourth quarter 
or actually, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's early fourth quarter in this game. Uh, K-State is at the 30, their own 30, and they run Deuce Vaughn twice in a row for zero yards and give Texas the ball back and give them a free, what turned out to be three points. Congratulations to the defense for not giving up the touchdown because that would have broken right. the backs. Uh, first of all, I didn't, believe it. I didn't agree with going for it right there. No. In, in the in the view of how the entire game is going, you weren't converting these. Uh, picking up a yard was not as easy as you expected it to be. It's like they were more committed to what they saw in game film. Well, this should work. This should work. This should work. This should work. And it never works. Nope. Never and did. I, I, I don't quite get it. There was another opportunity Kansas State had in that second half. Now, first of all, when you got a freshman who kicks a 50-plus yard field goal, and absolutely buries it. Now, maybe mm-hmm. you, maybe you felt like that that fifty-one yard field goal in the second quarter was kind of an aberration. It was late in the half, and you know, let's let's try to kick the field goal. And he, he, dude, that was good from sixty, probably. Right. There was another point in the second half where K State went for it on fourth down when it would have been like I I can't find it right now in the stats fifty three fifty four yards, and they're they're within striking distance of Texas. I'm like, take the three if you can get it because it's not like the choice here is to punt it and pin them back or, or to kick it. You're trying to run the ball and pick up a first down. So you might be giving them the ball right where it is right now. Why not go for the three points in that process? I didn't get that at all. And again, I'm just going to say it. And I love Chris Kleiman. I think he's the right guy. We'll get into all this. He's got so many big decisions ahead of him about the, ahead of him about the future of this program that he has to make. Because if he doesn't, yep. um, he's, he's not lose, the right guy. He's going to lose a lot of supporters uh, along right. the way. And and plus, if there aren't changes made, and I'm kind of spinning into the second half here, he will clearly own it next year. As will Gene Taylor. Okay. Yep. But this was another situation in which I thought Coach Kleiman was ill prepared because he just hasn't been in enough close games where you have to manage every point. You try to get those three points. Your better bet there was you've proven you can hit the field goal from that exact spot on the field. Going the same direction, I believe the hash marks were the same. It was the same field goal Chris Tennant was going to have to swing at. Take the chance of the points instead of the chance of a first down. Because then, Brian, when you're in the fourth quarter and you're at their 17, you don't have to you go for it on fourth down. You get ahead by right. kicking the field goal. You manage your points. I, I'm just so disappointed in how this entire game was was thought out by the coaches because um, their their plan didn't work. And they came back in the second half and apparently decided at halftime, yeah, it'll work. And it didn't work. Yeah, I just uh, maybe the only reason that I could maybe think about giving him a pass (laughs) is that I don't think that he believed that we could get back down there again. I think that he thought we got this is our opportunity to score. We haven't done anything. And we've got to be, if this is our chance, then we've got to go and score right now and get a touchdown right now to take the lead because I think we can win it if we do it right now because I don't believe that we can get back down there. Now, again, that's fine to believe that, 
But again, you got to play sound football. It's like, because we did get back down there. So you've got to do what the football game dictates that you do. I'm not a big analytics person all the time. But when the analytics, I mean, when they're screaming at you that this is what you have to do, at some point, you know, especially dictating how the game was going, you've got to try to take the points there because, again, points are a premium. And if you don't believe that you can get down there, maybe you get close enough to kick another field goal and win the game, which literally is exactly what happened. I mean, it's exactly what happened. Whether you make it or you don't make it is fine, but you have to at least give yourself an opportunity. And we didn't do that. And then the play calling on the fourth down. I mean, that's to me, that's, you know, part of that's on the coaching staff, part of it, you know, watching it from TV, you know, I'm just like, Hey, count, go the other direction. It's easy. They got four guys over here. They have three the other way. If you flip the running back over to one side, they are literally not going to move anybody. Just run the ball the other direction. We didn't do it. And well, I'm just like, oh, my goodness. It, it's just it, – it was just bad. It was just bad. I mean, I know I keep saying that, and I'm sorry. It just – the plan, the play calling, all of it, horrendous, Fitz, just horrendous. Well, Deuce Vaughn wasn't the most productive running back in this game, despite having a pretty solid game. Deuce carried the ball 24 times for 143 yards and a touchdown. His long was 20. He was asked to do things uh, that were uh, – Against the science of football, you you, mm-hmm. you don't run the ball into a stacked defensive box, and they nope. kept doing it over and over. I here's the reason Roshan Johnson was the better running back in the game, and it wasn't just because Roshan Johnson had a great game. Thirty one carries, one hundred and seventy nine. That's that's a day's work right there. That's a man's load of of football. He actually right. averaged fewer yards per carry, just slightly than Deuce. The difference for the, in these two sets of numbers were one simple thing. K State feared Roshan Johnson throwing the ball out of the Wildcat. Correct. Now we can sit here and wonder if that was wise because wouldn't you want to force that guy to throw rather than run it? But yep. The threat of the throw existed, and uh, K-State had to account for it. Flip it over to Kansas State, running the Wildcat with Deuce Vaughn. Was there a single human being in that stadium that thought little Deuce Vaughn, who can't see over his line, was going to throw the ball? Exactly. No. They're going to line up and stack it. Deuce Vaughn, for being as great a running back as he is, is not the right guy to run the Wildcat. Nope. Not at all. Maybe. Not at all. I would. My oh, guess ahead, is sorry. my guess is Malik Knowles, um, or someone with a little more height. But man, if you're going to run that, you've got a really capable running quarterback that played that game because your starter was injured and wouldn't have yes. been able to run. He's six foot four. He's got put yes. on a stacked on muscle. Go, go run the option read right there. Yep. If you, you know, pick your poison there. It, I don't know. Brian, I'm so frustrated I can't use words. How's that? <laughs> I'm right there with I, you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just, I said this on one of my postgame videos, The Walk and Talk. How in the hell does Kansas State University, the school where the Wildcat was invented, have an offensive coordinator right now who doesn't understand how the Wildcat works? The Wildcat isn't about lining up a running threat in the backfield to take a direct snap. It never has been about that. That's the way people see it, but it's always been about the dual 
threat of having a guy functioning at quarterback who can run and throw. Now, Kansas State, that wasn't a special position. That was Michael Bishop or Colin Klein or L. Roberson. That was the Wildcat. And now we've just boiled it down to be, hey, he's a good runner. Let's snap him the ball, even though the defense knows he's going to run the ball. Football doesn't work that way. The Wildcats designed to put you in conflict and even out the numbers between the offense and defense, and they failed on that horribly. Yep. And that's literally what it is. I mean, I can remember when we put all that quarterback run game in. I was there. I remember. And it was always so we could outnumber them in the box because you had to account for the quarterback throwing the football. It's just what you said. I remember as plain as day, we put it in. And the first question that we asked was, well, why don't we just have a running back back there? And I remember Coach Mangino telling us, because they have to account for him throwing the football. So you, if, even if we spread them out, I go, they can't just bring another safety down there because we can throw the ball over their head. I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's perfect sense. That's literally why we did it. Now, granted, we had the quarterback and the athlete to do it, but that's the reason that we did it is because you had to account for that because as soon as you didn't, we were going to audible and we were he was going to throw that ball over their head and we were going to score a touchdown and that's just the way it was going to be. So you either you better do something or or we're throwing it over your head. Yep. And they literally would stay back and we were able to run the football and our quarterback and that's the way that it was done. And I don't understand how they can't understand that. You're exactly right, Fitz. Teams have misconstrued what that is all about for years. Just putting a running back back there, I'm like, that does nothing. That literally does nothing. I mean, I don't know what you're doing, putting a running back back there. It does nothing to confuse a defense. Right. Nothing. And there's no option off of it. I mean, you could try to run that every now and then, but do you, I mean, like you said, K-State doesn't, didn't have that option. I mean, we're not going to have a guy try to throw the football. It's just, it was just maddening to see. And it, it's disappointing because there were so many opportunities to do it right. I mean, if you just have Will back there and if you have an option off of it to act like he's going to run and just have, of course, me and your favorite, the tight end, just run up, act like he's blocking for a second and break off, it's a touchdown. Because nobody is going to respond, but we don't have any of because, of course, we don't have any offensive imagination. So, you know, there's that. And it's just a problem. It's just a problem. Well, the, the very least you could do with a Wildcat is, you know, Deuce Vaughn said after the game, no, there's there's no check. I, I'm, I'm obligated exactly. to play, which is, uh, it's, I, is, exactly. is, is to allow at least Deuce to have the option read. Which, yes. which is another part of the Wildcat you can do. But here's the rub. Everyone knows Deuce Vaughn is the significant threat. And without Joe Irvin in the game and from our understanding now leaving the program, you needed someone else back there. And Jacardi, you're right. I saw a play one time. He didn't get any carries. Deuce was the only true running back to get carries in this game for Kansas State. They don't trust Jacardia. He isn't ready to play. He isn't developed enough. Then how the hell is he your third string running back? Correct. You've got to go three or four deep at running back with guys ready that can step on the field that are capable. So either this is a recruiting problem or a coaching problem. And I know this because of that, it ain't a player problem. Either no. either your running backs aren't ready to play behind Deuce Vaughn at enough depth to count, or you don't have enough, which I don't think is true. 
I I just don't think, I think they got some other guys that can help them, but they're not ready to play. They've been running scout team or they haven't been getting enough carries. Everywhere I look in the course of this game and how it was played out, I see coaches screwing up. That's yep. horrible. I'm, you know why? Because I'm a K-Stater. I'm not That's used right. to that. Even under Ron right. Prince, when they made tragic mistakes, you were talking about in that first season, guys like Raheem Morris and James Franklin that were making Correct. good decisions. Maybe they didn't have the right guys. I don't know. But I, this was the worst coach team in, in the execution of a single game that I can ever remember since Bill Snyder arrived at Kansas State. It was bad, man. It, it was just bad. I, I don't understand. Well, I do understand. Let me take let me take a step back. I do understand how I can be that bad. When you're not held accountable because it's your buddy, you can be bad. That's just literally the way that it is. And we can get into that, but I don't really have a whole lot to say other than you can be bad when it's your buddy and you're not held accountable. That's kind of how it works. When you get paid this level of money, whether you're an athletics director or a head coach or even an offensive coordinator, friendship is one thing. Business is business. And you got to take care of business. And you got to do what you got to do. And it's time for everyone to sit down and say, hey, we need to get back to focusing on doing the jobs we're hired to do instead of just being happy that we get to do those jobs with people we like, which is a great thing. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. You should always be working and surrounding yourself with people that with whom you enjoy working and who will be productive in the course of that relationship. And I said this, and I'll say it until it happens. Big decisions are needed, and not making a decision, this is something that people need to hear. Not making a decision is a decision. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is a decision for which you will be held accountable if that decision of doing nothing does not work. Correct. I am mad as hell and I don't want to take it anymore. Well, and it doesn't stop just I know everybody thinks that at the at, at the offensive coordinator and it should, don't get me wrong. It, it, there's so much blame there. But also in the development of players, because, and I know fans are not, they're going to hate me for saying this, but Colin Klein, how good is he at developing a quarterback? Because Will Howard has had 10 starts, and I'm sorry, he can't play quarterback at this level. He just can't. And I'm that's not, a, I mean, I don't want to bash him, but 10 starts and you, they still can't trust you to throw the ball. 10 yards down the middle of the field, they won't trust you to do that. Well, clearly you haven't shown them they can do that in practice or maybe they just, uh, I don't know. They they don't trust you enough to do it. So they've seen something from you. And then we have nothing else developed behind that. Well, that, that shouldn't be in a program like Kansas state. You're telling me that we have one quarterback capable of playing in a football game. That that's horrible. That's horrible. Now, part of it's recruiting, but part of it's also development. Yep. You got to be able to develop more than one guy. I'm sorry. That, that's just, you cannot have one quarterback. He goes down and then your season's over. That, that, that's not a Kansas State. You know, at Arkansas State, that's fine. Not a Kansas State. You got to have two, three guys that can be able to play. I'm not saying that can play, that are going to be as good as your starter. Otherwise, they'd be the starter. That's not what I'm saying. There may be a drop off. But literally, they, that can't throw the football down the field. 
not at Kansas State. That that that, that can't happen. It just can't. Yep. I agree. I agree. One bet. Let's take a break right now on the PowerCat Post Game Review Podcast brought to you by Caddyshack Golf. And we return after this as we turn our attention to more of the season, which we've kind of been doing. And we talk about the Big 12 a little bit. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Podcast continues after this short break. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the GoPowerCat.com post-game review podcast. Brian Hanley, Tim Fitzgerald, GPC Studios. Well, Brian's not here with me. I'm Fitz. I'm here in my Manhattan studio, and Brian is down in Texas, former Kansas State offensive lineman who does a great job breaking down the Wildcats and all of college football. Make sure you're following his podcast, The Big B Podcast, and also his YouTube channel, Great stuff. Brian does his own thing. A lot of NFL general sports talk as he reaches different people than we necessarily reach just with Go Power Cat. We will continue our discussion about the state of Kansas State football in this half of this podcast. We discussed the game, the very disappointing 22-17 to loss by the Wildcats at Texas. And we're going to kind of turn now and focus a little bit more on the conference and where Kansas State fits into that conference heading into the postseason. The regular season's over at 7-5 to five for the Wildcats, and they now await a bold destination, a topic we will get to before we stop recording on this podcast. But remember, we are sponsored by the great people at Caddyshack Golf. They're K-Staters because it is for K-Staters by K-Staters. It's jackets, hats, polos, T-shirts, golf accessories, Caddyshack Golfware. That's Caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com and use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. It's the holidays. Get yourself, get your family some great Caddyshack golf where the golfing willy is one of my favorite willies, and I'm not even a golfer. But let's get back to the Powercat Post Game Review podcast and bring back in Brian Hanley and 
Brian, let's let's shift gears here, um, and because I, I need to cleanse my palate, I I feel like I'm a snowball heading downhill, and I'll just you know right, have, have right. at this point. So let's talk about Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, because I want your thoughts on this. That was an incredible football game, and it was one as I watched it, I'm like, yeah, Oklahoma State's going to screw this up. This is how it works. This is how the script works. I'm a K Stater. I know this. I know, I've seen the script. You get to the cusp, and then you get your heart broken. You get right there, and then you, it gets shattered somehow, some way. And Oklahoma State ended up hanging on. Even after Caleb Williams broke off a huge run in the fourth quarter, I thought, oh, that's it. They're going to score. Oklahoma State got her done. And the Big 12 championship is between Oklahoma State and Baylor, new Big 12 rocks. Just give me your thoughts on the game because it was a really good addition of Bedlam. Good football game. Not good. Great football game. Great football game. Down to the very end, I thought OU, their offensive line just got whipped. My, I mean, they just got, with the whole second half, they just got embarrassed. They did. Uh, it was a game of turnovers. But the one thing that I thought, and I find this a little bit ironic, is that the officials got in the way of this football game tremendously. And the officials usually... It's the officials are, I shouldn't say on the side of OU, but they tend to favor some of their calls favor OU. And they didn't in this case, because again, there was two pass interference penalties in the end zone that, I mean, it was obvious. (laughs) They don't call it. Then there's a, a personal foul penalty, which whether you want to say it should have happened or it didn't. If you throw the flag on a personal foul, I'm sorry, Fitz. You're the other official. You can't talk me out of what I saw. That's just the way that it is. I saw what he did. I threw a flag. I was standing right there. You're 25 yards away, and you're telling me no? That that, that doesn't work. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. Like I said, I'm glad for somebody new. I like seeing new. Like in this college playoff, I like seeing new things. I believe that the winner of this game, well, it's going to be tough for Baylor. It's going to be tough for Baylor to make it, but they have a chance. If Oklahoma State wins, I think Oklahoma State makes the playoff. They should. I just do. They should. Because they're going to have enough wins. Because if you stacked up their resume just last this past week to Ohio State's, Oklahoma State's resume was way better. Way better. Now they just beat OU. Now you go turn around and you beat Baylor? They have to be in. I mean, they have to be. Otherwise, you should just say, you know what? We're not going to play any games, and this is who's going to be in it. Because and it's going to be a dogfight. This game is going to be a dogfight. But I love it. I love that we got some new blood in there. I'm not the big OU hater person, but you know what? Get out of the conference. Just go. You're fine. You know, move on. Move on down the road. We got new blood in here, and I think it's a good, I think it's a good thing for the Big 12. I do. Yeah, and uh, I think we're beginning to see some of the early ramifications, some of the the satisfying things for all of us who just sat by stunned as Oklahoma and Texas announced that they're going to the SEC. Texas is falling apart already. I mean, that roster is completely decimated. They're going to run off half their roster or they're going to leave. It's it's starting over for Sark. By the time they join the SEC, they'll be maybe on the upward arc, but they'll be so far behind. Meanwhile, at Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley says, hey, we're going to the SEC. That's a really good thing. And and in the back of his mind, he and his agent are saying, well, if you're going to be in the SEC, maybe you should be at a place like LSU. 
<laughs> so if, if they actually lose Lincoln Riley to another SEC team, the level of gratification that so many Big 12 people will find is just going to be incredible. And kudos to Oklahoma State for the late game timeout and playing Garth Brooks calling Baton Rouge. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. <laughs> just unbelievable. That's next level trolling. It was beautiful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great. I thought, I mean, OU is going to get everything that's coming to all you and Texas are going to get everything that's coming to them sooner or later. OU will be better than Texas. They just will be uh, because they are. They are better. Um, but you know what? Move along. At Big 12, it couldn't be a better time, I'll be honest with you, because you're looking at it from uh, outside looking in, and you're thinking, well, the Cincinnati team is moving in here. Now, yep. whether Cincinnati goes undefeated in a Big 12 schedule or not is debatable, but they are right now. And I go, and they're a good football team. There's no question. They're a good football team. I go, and they're coming into this conference. I just think, I mean, it couldn't happen at a better time that this is going on. This is good news for the Big 12. It really is. Meanwhile, I, I didn't see the final score. Did did BYU end up beating USC? Because they, that was going to be – That's going to be win number 10. Great preparation by me by doing this podcast, <laughs> falling asleep before the end of the game. But no matter where they won or lost, BYU is also going to solidify this conference. Let's just, yes. let's just state it bluntly. This season alone, trading Cincinnati and BYU for Oklahoma and Texas – Big Big Twelve gets better. It, yeah, Big Twelve do. gets better. It's, yeah, they do. It's it's amazing. Meanwhile, Baylor had to hung on hang on for dear life to beat Texas Tech, uh, and they did it using a backup quarterback because Gary Bohannon continues to mend, and I think they were saving him for the championship game, thinking let's let's get there, and they barely got there. But their backup quarterback, who K State saw, is functional and pretty damn good. And despite the struggles, they found a way to win and and earn the victory they had to earn in order to uh, set up a chance to go to the Big 12 title game, which worked out. But uh, Baylor's on the rise. I, I like their brand of football right now. And look, people get all bent out of shape about the university and everything that went on, and I'm not happy about it. But that's a different coach. Those are different players. That's a different administration. I'm just looking at this as a football person, not not somehow thinking Baylor cheated their way to this status. Um I like this new conference so much. I'm beginning to feel like a fanboy. I'm, I'm I'm really really excited about it, and I'm I'm really hopeful they end up going to 16 and being able to get some really solid teams schools out west to add to the equation because I think this could be a fun conference, and I really hope with Gene Taylor on the committee that this committee doesn't fear a breath of fresh air in the playoff. Oh, man. If Alabama gets schooled by Georgia after struggling to beat Auburn and Arkansas, they don't belong in the playoff with two losses. No. That's not the two-loss team that belongs in the playoff. The two-loss team that belongs in the playoff is one that charges to the wire and is playing their best football to overcome losses early in the season, not hanging on for dear life. So if Georgia beats Alabama, get Alabama the hell out of the playoff and make room for Cincinnati or Oklahoma State or Notre Dame or someone with that has won their games. That has won. Winning should count in college football. Yep. 
Well, I don't think they'll have Alabama in if they lose. Even if they lose a close game, Allie, two losses, Alabama's not getting in. The team that's going to end up getting in, and I'll be honest, I don't think they're as good, is going to be Notre Dame. Notre Dame's going to get in there, but just because teams are going to lose because they're going to play and they're going to move up. But who, Notre Dame, you can't name a good win on their schedule. It's like, who did they even play that was really any good and beat? Well, they played a good Cincinnati team at home and lost. Like, but Notre Dame's going to end up getting in. I just, it's a problem. But you know what? I just, as long as somebody from the Big 12 gets in, that's all that I care about. I want to see fresh teams in the playoffs. I want to see Alabama. I was so hoping that they lost yesterday, you know, and they came back to win. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Just finish the game, Auburn. Just finish the game. That's awful. 97 yards and you can't stop them? Like, oh. <laughs> and you stopped them all game. It's not like you hadn't stopped them all game. You stopped them literally the entire football game, but the last minute, 35 seconds and you let them go 97 yards on you. It's just like, Oh my goodness. But yeah, we got to get some new blood in the playoff. The big 12 as a whole. I mean, I said this before it it is really the sky is the limit. As far as a football conference goes, basketball kind of speaks for itself, but as far as a football conference goes, I mean, it, it couldn't be a better time for those two to get out and for these teams to get in and for them to be playing well. It, it yesterday basically couldn't have gone better for the big 12 as a whole. Now we got a big upcoming week this week too. Oklahoma State, I think, has to win for them to get in, for a Big 12 team to get in. So that's who I'm rooting for. Um, but I just think overall, I, I just think the conference is in really, really good shape. It's like Tech yesterday. I, just, I, I don't think the players were bought into their coach. I, I think that's what the problem. I think the players, and he's a good guy, and I, I think he's probably a good coach. But for some reason or another, it just didn't work there. Because they've been playing their butts off the last few weeks. They just have, you know, and, and sometimes it just doesn't work. But I think Kansas is playing better. Now, again, I'm going to make fun of Kansas until, you know, forever. But Kansas is playing better. They just are. You know, it just the conference as a whole is in really good shape. And you're right about moving to 16. Get to 16. Get some more team, some more teams. Get some out west flavor. I wouldn't even mind if they brought back Colorado. To be honest, now granted, Colorado's bad. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I'm not sure what else they bring outside of football. And their football's bad, but at least we got something. Give BYU another partner or something out there, anyway, to say the least. Maybe Arizona or Arizona State, something like that. But who knows who knows I, I just think the conference in itself is in a real good spot i think this conference and i've got some other k-state stuff i want to get to but i think this conference moving ahead needs to emphasize it's about living in the now yes because yes. i'm sick of hearing about the great football tradition of schools that aren't playing great football now but they hold more value just because they were great in the 60s, 70s, 80s, maybe 90s and early 2000s. What does that have to do with what's on TV right now between two teams? Look, if this Big 12 championship was Cincinnati and Oklahoma State, um, one loss between the two of them, that would be an incredible game. 
that should have national attention and adoration as an incredible college football matchup of the season. And yet the networks would hold it in less value because it's not including traditional powers. I'm sick of it, Brian. I'm tired of it. And I don't believe that it holds quite as much sway in the world of viewership as it does in network boardrooms and in the hearts and minds of too many college athletics journalists. Yep. Too many guys out there that are voting and have sway and have influence that only want to sit in the press boxes at the storied schools because going to Stillwater too often or having heaven forbid, Nippert Stadium at Cincinnati, that's beneath their standing as an established college football journalist. So I'm going to continue to talk about all of those programs that I want to see. It's about me, and I'm thinking of one journalist in particular when I'm doing this, (laughs) and not really about good college football. And the Big 12, that needs to be all their branding. New is here, or whatever you want to say. It's it's all about – living in the now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, you're exactly right. It's just, you know, for me, I just want to see good football. And I think if that was promoted, just good football, that more people nationwide would just want to see good football. And everybody talks about, well, can this and that I'm like, that's an absolute lie. Look at the NFL, the NFL. There are teams that are bad one year and are good the next year. And people watch those football games. Bingo. They, all they want to do is watch good football. They don't care who it is. They literally don't care because I can guarantee you if the Jacksonville Jaguars next year are eight and one at this point and are contending, people are going to watch them play football all over the country. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They just want to see good football. College is the same way if we would just allow it to be the same way. They just don't allow it to be that way. It's just Alabama, Texas, Ohio State, OU. You know, those are the only teams that are ever any good. Clemson, those are the only teams that are ever any good. So those are the only teams that we can ever put in here because we don't think anybody else will watch. Well, let's just see what happens. And it's weird that they say all that all the time because it's almost like they don't pay attention to March Madness. I go teams from all over people watching. Now it's a different format and I get it. It's a totally different deal. I go, but people are watching those basketball games and it could be a 10 versus a 12. If they just upset the teams that they played, people are watching. They just want to see good football, man. That's all they want to do. Well, I'll be curious if somehow ESPN applies some influence and make sure, make sure Oklahoma state or Cincinnati or both are not in the playoff. It'll be for me, a clear indication that they know that the reality is if Oklahoma State and or Cincinnati get in the playoff, people will watch, the ratings will exist, and they'll be undeniable, and then that will affect their future negotiations with the new Big 12. Correct. They, that's exactly what they right. fear. It's all about the bottom line, DSPN. Don't be fooled. It's about good programming or good football or anything that's good for the fans or the game. It's about their bottom line, and they have showed their true colors over and over. And um, I, I, I really fear that, and I hope Gene Taylor uh, stands up and, and pushes back on that if that takes place in the, in the college playoff uh, voting room. So where does K-State fit into this new Big 12? Is, is – 
Next season just feels so important to me, Brian, that they have to fix these problems right now and not not after the bowl game. Some of these problems impact recruiting. They, they need to move as quickly as possible to start impacting things. And I'm not calling for mass firings, people. I'm just saying sit down and reevaluate how you're going about things and what is working and what isn't working. If it's not working, how can we change it? Can the person in the job change or do we need a new person in the job? Come down and sit down and have all those things made up because right now going into next year and certainly in a couple years when the new Big 12 exists, this next season is monumental for the future of Kansas State football because you can't be in retreat right when you go into the new conference. That's exactly correct. Here's the thing. People... And when I mean people, K-State fans, I mean, it's, it's from what I've seen, it's about a 50-50 split on what they want. They, they want everybody to go or they want everybody to stay. They want climbing to go. They want them to stay, blah, 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 which it, it, he's not getting fired and he shouldn't be. The second thing is, is you said it before I could even say it. Change doesn't always have to mean firings. It can just mean the person that's in the job has to change. Because what we're doing isn't working. What you're putting out there isn't working. You need to do something different. And if you're incapable of doing that, well, then yes, I've got to make a decision and make a change there. But first, I would like to see if you can change. Because if you can change, I want you to be in the job and do it a different way and be successful. And that's what we have to look at. And that's not just for football, that's for any job. Can you do it different? If K-State's got to do it different, for instance, we got to make changes right now. The first thing that we have to do is people hate it. I don't know why. We've got to embrace this transfer portal because I said it early in the season, if we're looking at next year, our quarterback is not on our roster. And if it is, then we've got a problem because we saw what we have at quarterback and whether we want to believe it or not, quarterback is the most important position on the football team. It just is. We got to have somebody that can play it. I'm sorry. I don't want to be the Debbie downer, the bearer of bad news. I don't want to do that, but I'm going to be honest. We just don't have that person right now. Now, maybe something happens and maybe they change. Maybe they can develop a little bit more and that would be outstanding. But we have to embrace this thing and go find us some better football players. That's just what has to happen. Uh, It's just, I I don't want to get into, we got to develop guys. Well, you know what? We're not developing guys, you know, at that key positions. We don't, we're not developing them. So if we can't develop them, then we got to go find them. And I go, so we have to do a better job. It's just things that have got to be different. We can't continue what we're doing right now. And you're exactly right. Next year is a crucial year in in the pecking order of where K-State's going to be because I felt like we let an opportunity get away (laughs) the last few weeks, and we did. We let an opportunity get away. Now we got to pick ourselves up and say, okay, fine. This is where we need to go and go there versus – versus doing nothing. Because if we do nothing, then we're, 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 we're taking a step back. I'll, I'll be the person to say it. If we don't make a change, we're taking a step back, and it's going to be catastrophic for the program. I'm just telling you, I'm telling you now, if we don't make any changes, it's going to be bad. I agree. I agree 100%. And, and here's the thing is the transfer portal right now <clears throat> kind of feels like the gold rush. 
um, right. in which um, everyone, you know, went out there to seek their fortune and fame out west, and and bad things <laughs> happened, and rules needed to be asserted, and but for a period of time, it was come and get yours, do the best you That's can right. for yourself, and some people made uh, the levels of wealth that uh, impacted them forever. Their, their family forever. Um, and right now, I don't think the transfer portal works right. I think there's changes that need to be made. In fact, my daily delivery at Go Powercat and YouTube on Sunday is about altering the transfer portal to create windows it, as soon as the season's over, like starting Monday for Kansas State players, they would have until two weeks past the bowl game to go into the portal. But not during the season, and that's that's no. not a K State thing. That's just that's just horrible for college football. That games are being played and players are are openly abandoning their teams and going to the portal. That's yeah. But take advantage. That's of horrible. The rules. If the rules are broken, bend them to your favor until they're fixed. That Correct. is how a lot of great programs have gotten ahead. You want to talk about great football? A lot of it was established when steroids were the wild west. Yep. A lot of programs were taking steroids and getting bigger and better, and then finally the NCAA caught up. We've seen it in basketball where the rule benders, maybe breakers, but benders get ahead and build great programs. Right now, it's a wild damn west. And you know what? If if I'm Chris Kleiman, and I know he can't say anything like this publicly, and I know it might bend some NCAA rules. It might even break them. But Cade Warner is on the phone with every one of his buddies at Nebraska that yep. wants to get out of there that could play at this level and saying, hey, Adrian Martinez, this place is special. These coaches are yep. great. Come on down. It'll be a great experience for you. It has been for me. There, you solved your quarterback issue. You might pick up a few good players because I know this about Nebraska football under Scott Frost. They got some dudes. Yeah, they do. They haven't put the dudes together into great teams. They've gotten close. They have been the best hand grenade and horseshoe team in the history of college football. <laughs> but they're not getting over the hump and guys are wanting to leave. Here's the destination. Use that transfer portal. He should right now have a full-time person, not someone full-time on the staff who's in charge of it, someone who's full-time in charge of the transfer portal. Yep. 100 hours a week right now, 100 plus hours a week. That's all you're doing is you're watching film of players in the portal. That is all you are doing. You're reaching out to contacts that know how to get a hold of these kids, or if they're in the portal, you can get a hold of them yourself. Do it, do it, do it. All you should be doing is almost like an NFL scouting room and be working Correct. through everything. Get on the front edge of this, not verbally, with actual commitment of resources. Yep, absolutely. You got to do it. It's just, and it doesn't work right. You're exactly right. There are so many tweaks and twists that have to be tweaked and twisted. <laughs> but until they do it, we got to we got to bend it to our our advantage. Take advantage of it. We're not doing anything wrong by taking advantage of something that's available and just by saying, well, we want to do it this way. No, we want to win. We don't want to break rules, but we want to win. And this trans, first of all, the transfer portal is not going anywhere. Now they may change it and twist it and change it, you know, and tweak it the way they need to, but it's not going to go away. 
I go, so we got to get in front of it. Get out there. Be a part of it. The good programs are doing it. I mean, I'm not saying that we have to be in Alabama. Alabama got their best receiver from Ohio State. Why? Ohio State has three guys. He couldn't play in front of them. He goes from Ohio State to Alabama and becomes Alabama's number one receiver. Well, if that can happen, you're telling me that Kansas State can't go find some guys to do the exact same thing? Of course we can. Of course we can. We just got to use it. We got to use it. And again, it's going to be maybe we get a guy and we have him for a year. And we get a guy, you know, down the road and we keep getting guys and maybe they're only here for a year. That's a tough way to build a program, I'll admit. And that's not going to be the majority of what you're going to do. But it's got to be part of what you're going to do. I do know that because everybody's going to do that. Everybody's trying to get better. Everybody's trying to win. And if you can go pluck a guy for a year and win you an extra two games, then why wouldn't you do that? Of course you would do that. Everybody's going to do that. And we need to be the same. We just got to, again, it's part of change. Just part of change. And I think we did a really good job with it this past year. We got some guys that were difference makers. We absolutely were. Now we just got to take it a step further and keep going. Just keep going. I, I, I feel like we're on the right avenue when it comes to that. I just feel like I, I think we need to take it a step further to get to where we're trying to go because there's some holes that are going to be coming up in this program that need to be filled immediately for us to be good next year. And I, I just think that we're going to have to dive in there deep. That's all. Yep, I agree. You know what the weirdest thing about Saturday's loss, or Friday's loss, geez, I probably said Saturday earlier in the show. Friday's <laughs> loss is the fact that it really didn't impact K-State's bowl situation very much. Nope. And and here, I'm staring at the standings right now. Um, and, and all you need to understand if you're a K-State fan uh, right now, at this moment, is watch the playoff selections along with the New Year's Six. Because everything hinges on does the Big 12 get two teams into the playoffs slash New Year's Six? Which is every indication are that will happen. That Because right. the winner of the conference championship will get in, and I can't believe that um, they're going to ignore Oklahoma at 10-2 and two for a New Year's Six Bowl. I just I find that hard to believe. Uh, and even if they do, let's say Baylor wins the title game, then you've got Oklahoma State at 11-2. and two they're probably going to get in. So I, th I think the conference gets two teams in. Uh, and then the next two bowls after that, well, the next bowl after that is the Alamo Bowl. So whoever doesn't get into the college football playoff, and there is a possibility of three, I guess, um, if that's within the rules, uh, that um, they will go to the Alamo Bowl. So odd man out, two get in. Other ones go in the Alamo Bowl. That means the Cheez-It Bowl, which used to be the Camping World Bowl, that used to be the something bowl, that used to be that bowl, and used to be, I think, the Citrus Bowl. I don't even know what they used to be, the Tangerine Bowl. I don't even know. But it used to be a different bowl with a, an actual name, but, you know, tradition, rah-rah. Uh, that bowl, just two seasons ago, had Iowa State. And I'm not sure Iowa State would want to go back, because that's not an easy trip. Orlando's expensive. The flights are expensive. Uh, that time of year, it's hard to find hotel rooms, all that. Iowa State's never been to the Texas Bowl, which is one step below the Cheez-It Bowl. And those two teams are 7-5. and K-State and Iowa State are 7-5. and five. They will fill those two bowls in some order if the Big 12 gets two into the playoff. Because the other opportunities, the other schools out there as opportunities for bowls right now for the Big 12 are West Virginia and Texas Tech at 6-6. Six and six. And 
I mean, everyone's going to take a hard pass until the Liberty and and whatever the guaranteed rate bowl that used to be the cheese bowl that used to be the something bowl that really used to be the copper bowl <laughs> tradition. Rah, rah. Um, that other team will go there. I think K State's in the exact same place they were before the game. They're either going to Orlando or Houston, um, and uh, don't buy your tickets yet. But that's what I believe. And it's just weird to me. It's weird. This there was three teams a lot better than the rest of the conference. That's what all those words were to say that. So, K State fans, you still might end up in one of the best bowls in a long time for K State football if you end up in the Cheez It Bowl because that is a significant bowl. You might play Clemson, which I don't really want, but it would be an interesting matchup. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, you know, we're going to a bowl game. We're going, shouldn't be going to a significant bowl game, you know, a better bowl game and I think guys may have thought we were going to at the beginning of the season so it's you know as bad as it was on Friday you know all is not lost all is not lost but I will say and I said it earlier I think it's important that we win the game no matter what bowl we go to I think we got to win it I think we got to win it to show the word that the that we got to get this sour taste out of our mouth. We just do. We got to go win a bowl game and show that we, you know, that the program is moving in the right direction because we lose three in a row to end the season. I don't know that you can actually say that we're moving in the right direction. I just, I don't believe that you could say that, especially being seven and three and then losing your last three games, including a bowl game. It's like, Oh man, we were here and nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. His name's Brian Hanley. He played the offensive line at K-State. He knows everything about the Wildcat. He's had the Wildcat line up behind him and run into him repeatedly. Um, that sounded really <laughs> weird. But, Brian, it's been a great season. We've still got another one of these to do with the bowl, um, after the bowl. But I'm, I think we need to find more excuses to do more of these. I appreciate all you've done, the time you've accommodated for us and the listeners throughout football season. Job well done, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate everything that you have done for me. This is fun. Um, I look forward to doing more, more of it, man. I really do. I have a great time preparing these, looking things up, uh, interacting. People hear it. I, I just have a good time doing this. So thank you again for having me. That will do it for this edition. No, you're, you're quite welcome. Yeah, that will do it for this edition of the Power Cap Post Game Review Podcast that we didn't talk a lot about the post game that we reviewed. That didn't make sense at all. But you know what I'm saying. We only talked about the Texas game as long as we could tolerate it and as long as we thought you wouldn't stop listening. I am Fitz. Keep following along at Go Power Cat. Hey, and if you're listening right now in a timely fashion, it is 75% off a subscription to Go Power Cat. It's our Black Friday Cyber Monday rolled into one big time period. Make sure you are subscribing to GoPowerCat.com. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Thank you.